With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome back to Shades of Blue Soccer Show. This is Thad. Uh, Mike, we got you online. I'm here. Cody? That is me. All right. Uh, this episode is the Sporting Kansas City Houston Dynamo preview show. Uh, Houston's coming in with not too great of a record. Um, how they been doing, Cody? Well, I mean, they're in the middle of a seven-straight road loss streak here, but it's kind of interesting because they've been playing so... I think they only have one road win the whole year, and they've been playing terrible lately, but in the middle of this streak, they've actually, you know, pulled out some decent results at home, and so if they could have just, you know, played a little better on the road, they might not be sitting so bad. They, I mean, they've tied with New York and Toronto recently, and then and then they just beat um, DC and Philly, you know, in the last couple of weeks. So um, they're not looking good on the road. But you know, that being said, I don't think many sporting fans ever really feel safe with the Dynamo because of the history. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was looking at their standings, and uh, like I said, I think they're one ten and one or something on the road, but. They're only like six points out of uh, a playoff spot, which they could make up pretty quickly if they wanted to. Yeah. Who are we likely to see in this match, Mike? I mean, that that's the that's big question. Um, I know that earlier this week, Beasley was actually um, questionable. He's apparently traveling with the team, but his... Uh, his availability for tomorrow is, is still in question. Um, uh, they, they still have Brad Davis, always always uh, a, a bit of a pain for us to deal with. Um, still have uh, Will Bruin, their leading scorer this year. Um, so, I mean, the, it, it, it's a lot of the same team that we've seen over the last few years. The, bi- the big change for them from uh, from previous years is probably in central defense where uh, where – they, they'd probably suffer their biggest loss in uh, in Bobby Boswell going to uh, to DC. Um, in, in his place, they uh, they basically mainly been putting uh, a combination of Jermaine Taylor, David Horse, uh, Eric Bruner, and then uh, AJ Cochran, uh, a rookie. And really, that's been where where a lot of their troubles have been. Um, on the field this year has been uh, has been that defense. It's been uh, 
less than, less than stellar, less than what you would uh, what you would expect from uh, from the from a Dynamo team coached by uh, Kinnear. Yeah, and what I've always noticed about that back line is they seem to always have like three pretty solid players out there, and it's maybe just one of the four in that back line that is the weak link. I mean, like Kofi Sarkozy's Cash is, I think he's uh, who took a back seat to you know when Beasley showed up, but he's really quality too. And then um, Horst, the you know David Horst, the center back that has been playing consistently, he's pretty solid as well. Yeah, I turned out uh, some comments that Vermese made about Houston from the press conference. Would this be a good time to play it? You think? Sure. Uh, the, the leading in question into this was uh, whether or not he still sees Houston as a uh, rival, and then uh, the rest should just kind of flow from there. I mean, I probably would say it probably is just because we've had, you know, every year we wind up being together at the same place, and, you know, we're in, we're in the meat of it, and, and, and we compete against each other. And, you know, I, I always say about them is that they have this, they have a couple things that that, is going, that that you know goes well for them, and that is, and it's because of what they do. You know, I know Dominic very well. We're, we're, we're good friends, and, and and I say this all the time: is that he prepares his team well to play in this league and find success. And you know, they've hit a rough patch this year. With they've had a lot of injuries as well. They, they've been a lot like us. Um, you know, sometimes you fall on the right side of the ledger. Sometimes you fall on the left side of the ledger, and and. But the one thing you never do with them is you can't count them out because they have a lot of good players within their group. And when they start to get a little bit of form, they, they can go quickly. And, and that's why you never, ever count that team out. Um, and they've shown it year after year after year. So uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's always a tough game for us to play uh, because they, they're a good team and they're, and they're experienced and they're, there's a lot of winners within that group. I think that kind of sums up what we were saying uh, about how they're experienced and uh, always tough for sporting to play. Uh, yeah, and they, they were, they was, he started to talk about that, you know, around this time of year, the last few years is when they seem to just kick it in gear and make their make their push. But that, you know, that three to nothing shellacking they got from Columbus last week kind of makes me. It makes me think that won't happen. But yeah, I mean, they, you know, Brad Davis and Will Bruin, they, you know, you never know. That's they're both they're both real quality players. So, and I know in the past we've always said that uh, one of the keys for uh, is to keep Brad El- Brad Davis from uh, having those free kicks. Um, let's see. I, I think I skipped ahead of where I was actually going to go. Um, is there anything more we should talk about? You know, he's specifically in who, who who will be playing with Houston or in the lineup. Well, uh, I, I mean, mean, go ahead. We've, no, we. I mean, we. The the big points we we've hit on Davis. The the one area that we really haven't hit on is probably the the his uh, opposite number on the opposite side of the field, uh, Boniac Garcia. Um, he's he, he he's not had as good a season as I, I think uh, most people expected him to. I, I yeah, think definitely. I, I I think he's kind of regressed a little bit this year. 
but he's still one of those players that can uh, that that can come in and uh, and hurt you, especially down the wing. Um, and I mean, he, he's likely going to be uh, going up against uh, Sinovic again. And uh, I mean, uh, we we've discussed it in the past how how Sinovic has has been struggling a little bit over the past month or so. So that that'll be something that. Uh, that could be big for us to watch. Yeah, I uh, I thought Garcia was going to be very, you know really scary this year, but it looks like the um, Giles Barnes has really kind of taken up some of that you know offensive threat that he was going to. Barnes is leading like far and away the team in in shots, second in goals behind Bruin. So yeah, I mean that's that's the Maybe even more so than um, Garcia. I would have, I would have thought it was him, but yeah, that Giles Barnes is maybe a little more dangerous right now. Now their their uh, counterparts, the home team, Sporting. Um, we know uh, Kronberg is still out. We know that Andy G uh, practiced a little bit this week, but he uh, Ramiz essentially all but ruled him out. Um, Nagamura, he said he wasn't ready. So we we know we'll probably have Kempen in the back again. Um, I'm Good. looking at pretty much a similar start starting lineup to the last match with uh, maybe Ellis slotting in into one of the outside back spots. Uh, you guys think that that's a, you know, uh, let's see, maybe Duvall up top or because uh, I think Vizo started last game, right? You think you think Ellis over Igor? Yeah, I'm I'm wondering. I don't know if it will be Ellis over Igor or not, but uh, it seems like Ellis is edging right back into that lineup possibly. Um, looking wait, at the last wait, match, Kevin Ellis didn't they send him? I thought they just sent him to Oklahoma City. No, they He's did, back. and he came back already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did. Oh. <laughs> it was a short trip. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Went down well, yeah, I mean, for, I, I said it. I said it. You know, last week, and I'll say it again. That's it's like for me, it always is the matchup with Igor. I mean, and and especially this game because he's going up against Brad Davis. I mean, and for me, that's that's like always the matchup. I love I love Igor, and I think he's going to be fantastic. But it's like he he's just undoubtedly a defensive liability. I mean, I'd agree that I'd agree. I think I think Igor has been a liability. I'm not as I'm not as down on on him as the rest of the sporting KC fan base seems to be from everything I read. I I understand he's 20. the 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 big thing with him, I mean, we we've played more more right backs this year than we've than we've played either wing back position over the past two or three seasons, basically. So, I mean, uh, at this point, we're we're playing a guy, we're starting a kid, a kid who we didn't expect to we, – we probably expected him to play the number of games he's played now um, in, in league play. We probably expected him to play that many games in all competitions over yeah, the definitely. course of this season. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I understand the frustration with Igor. I'm frustrated with Igor as well, but – I'm not at the level that other people are, but at this point, I I think he needs to sit for a little bit. Um, 
But on the other hand, some of the comments that Vermes made after the game on uh, on Saturday against D.C. makes me wonder if we if we could possibly see a center back switch in there as well. Um, I, I know that uh, Colin and Beasler didn't didn't have that great of a game at center back against uh, against D.C. either, and it. It's just one thing that I could I could see uh, Vermes possibly even throwing Ellison at center back um, in place of Colin or Beasler and giving them a rest at this point in the season as well. Yeah, I I went back and watched the uh, the critical seven or eight minutes, whatever it was, from the DC game uh, actually right. this morning, and I it seemed to me that every single play came from Sporting's right side. Um, the all three goals either came basically from a mistake to that side or uh, coming through the offside trap right past Colin. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems to me like uh, Uh-oh, what happened? Colin and Juliao a lot. I mean, I could be wrong, but that seemed like... Uh, when I talked to Olam after the game that night, he said that he thought it was a communication problem and that not everybody was covering where they should have been or stopping the play farther upfield and things like that. But just looking back at those goals, I, I'm, I don't want to get down on Igor because I think he's a tremendous talent. I don't want to get down on Colin because I you know how fabulous, he, fabulous he's been for us the last so many years. I just think that they so far haven't necessarily meshed as well as they could have and it just bit us really badly in that particular game. Yeah, it's a it's a weird predicament for me. I mean, I I think the like sky is the limit for Igor. So that I mean, you know, up until the Stelly game and last week's MLS game, it was working perfectly fine. Even if you know he's still learning on the job and learning to mesh with Colin. So, I mean, I don't even know that I want to sit him, but yes, I did notice that it seems, you know, maybe putting it on Colin, but maybe the communication between Colin and Igor seemed to be like, in that the critical few minutes, it seemed to be like a really big problem. Yeah, I don't see, I don't don't know how you can, you know, sit down the best, one of the best, you know, center back pairings in MLS history almost at this point. I know, uh, like Mike mentioned earlier about uh, Sinovic, he'd he'd had a couple games where he wasn't looking so good, especially against uh, Toronto in Toronto, and I think and there's another one. Um, but I thought last game he was actually the more solid of the back line, to be honest. Definitely, I noticed that as well. I wouldn't say that's a compl- much of a compliment, though. The entire <laughs> back line looked looked like crap in in that game, so. Saying you're the best, the best turd in the bunch still makes you a turd, basically. But I mean, no, nobody. Honestly, I wouldn't even put it at just the back four. I'd say the the back eight of our of our team of our defense looked looked poor. And I mean, the 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 all eight of them being poor led to a lack of uh, a lack of support for the three up top, which in turn made. Uh, made Zizo, Sapong, Dwyer, and Saad look irrelevant in the game. They, I mean, Dwyer was, was again, uh, was again invisible. He got absolutely no service, um, up top. The DC's, uh, 
back line just completely shut him out. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that our our midfield and defense was just sixes and sevens. Yeah, I I hate to say it, but I mean I, I don't want to I don't want to talk shit on Olam because he's been so good filling in all year. And I mean Claros just got here and is still learning the system. But those those last two games, the Stelly game and United, those are probably the two worst I've seen Sporting play like in recent memory. And you're you're right. I, I noticed that it, it seems like it's because of um, you know not as confident on the ball from that defensive midfielder spot to you know win the ball back and keep possession and make a pass forward is really seemingly what we're lacking there. Well, I do kind of foresee that at some point Claros will take that spot, uh, but I think it's, I think Vermees is giving Olam the chance to win it, more or less, or yeah. keep it. Um, it looks but, like it. But you, know, that, you can argue whether it's the right thing to do or not. But Yeah, I, I mean, the the thing to me, Claros and Olam are interchangeable, and the, the main thing that the team's missing is, is just a pure ball winner in the midfield, and that's what Nagamura brought to the table. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, against D.C., we had uh, we had Zuzi and Failhaber in the midfield. Failhaber's played all three of our midfield positions this year, but he, he's just not the ball winner that, uh, that Nagamura is or Espinosa before him is. We, he, he works better when he has that type of player behind him, and he can play in the more advanced attacking role. And that's like I said. That's the main thing we're missing. We 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 don't have that uh, that 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 pit bull in, in the midfield that that's going to go in and, and win the ball for us there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that's that's the that's the feature for Nagamura. I mean, that's what he does is goes out and plays hard and does the smart fouls and he plays that that good critical. Um, veteran game that basically he's kind of the former Davy Arnault type of role. Hi, um, I think we've kind of covered key matchups with just our talk, but uh, just to summarize, we know Davis and whoever are right back that will be a key matchup, and flip side uh, Garcia and Sinovic. Uh, going forward, though, I mean, you know, I would foresee that Dom starts this. Do you, you know, do we see that their back line is a key matchup with uh, Dom? I mean, or is, the, is it really more just dependent on everybody else at this point? Well, I'm the thing I'm kind of excited excited to see the you know, the next coming weeks of the finish of the season is that Dom and Suni are really starting to get more playing time together. They're, you know, they have an eagerness to, like, play kind of flashy together and, you know, you know, feed off of each other. And I think after, you know, a few games under their belts here, um, I would like to see them uh, tear apart, you know, that hole in the back line of whoever that may be or Horst or um, uh, whoever that other center back is. I can't even think. Taylor, Bruin, yeah. Bruner, yeah, Jermaine Taylor. No, I, I think for for me, the 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 back 
the the two center backs that uh, that Houston play, they are from, from the games I've seen with them uh, with, with the Dynamo. They it, it's a it's an area that Dwyer should be able to exploit, um, particularly with some speed if he can get some some space. The horse and uh, and Taylor aren't aren't exactly the uh, the fastest center backs. Taylor's probably the fastest of fastest of the four, and he's not he he's not the type of defender that's really going to hang with uh, be able to hang with with Dwyer um, and, and his pace. And I mean, we I talked about previously how Dwyer's not overly fast. So I mean. The, it's an area of the field that we should be able to exploit if we can get some space. The question is, um, as always with Houston, is can we get space? Kinnear likes to likes to sit deeper when uh, when the Dynamo come here since ever since the uh, the three nil game back in uh, 2011. Yeah, and the Absolutely. other one thing I noticed about that of of if you know if Dom can get that time up there is I. I've started to know you can see it like right at the beginning of a match on if Dom is going to be getting that call where, you know, he tries to body him off and do his hold-up play and just get shoved straight to the ground. It's like every game it's just you can see right away on if the ref is going to be giving him that or not. And um, if, you know, if Dom, the little guy, gets the benefit of the doubt, then then it's dangerous. But he rarely does. <laughs> No, I don't think Dom's going to get a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt anymore. Yeah. All right. Um, kind of a little variation on the matchups. Uh, keys to the game, I guess. Just trying to change up our previews a little bit. Uh, what would be your one key to the game for sporting to win, Cody? Oh, how about... Um, I just, I've, I've noticed it seems like a lot of the Dynamo fans have been, you know, not worried about Will Bruin, but Will Bruin by no means been like, you know, all that clinical. So I would like to see, um, you know, like one key save from Kempen on Bruin. I pro- I think I think Brad Davis is probably going to get one, but I, I would like to see Kempen come up with a big save on Bruin. How about you, Mike? What would be your one key for the uh, sporting to win? Really, my my one key for the game would be to uh, basically shore up the defense. The uh, we we saw against BC, and, and honestly, the the defense hasn't exactly looked great for for a couple games. Um, Toronto, uh, Gilberto getting the breakaway, uh, the uh, penalty kick, and the entire game against Vancouver. The the defense as a whole hasn't been playing up to the up to the level that we've come to expect from them. So the the defense shoring themselves up, getting getting themselves at least back on track towards uh towards the defense that was the best in the league over the past few years is going to be is the key for me. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because yes, our, we we looked awful that whole time, but again it was only in that 8 minute span it was just the DC took advantage of those chances right then and there, and you know, and then it was you know three nothing for the what like seventy or sixty minutes of the game. So um, I yeah, think but, I guess 
Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, yeah, but D- DC hit the post twice in the second half. Right. They uh, and, and I mean, uh, they they looked throughout the game. Uh, they looked more dangerous on the counter after they went up three nil than we did throughout the rest of the game. So I mean, while uh, while they only scored the three goals. The the defense still never looked to be uh, shored up at that point. Yeah. I mean, the it, it took a uh, I, DC also missed a uh, a good chance if I remember right that went just wide of the post. So while while they only scored three, it easily could have been five six nothing at at some point in the game. So I mean it the the defense just needs to get get their act together at this point. I mean our lack we haven't. Since Kronberg went out, we haven't gotten a, a, a shutout. Our last shutout was the 1-0 the win up in Portland. Since right. then, it's basically been uh, one goal a game, two goals in Vancouver, three goals against D.C. So it's not been a um, – the, the defense is just lacking at this point. Yeah. Um, well, like where, where I was going with that is just that it's clear that, you know, D.C. United is – you know, way, way better of a team, at least right now, than Houston is. And so, yes, the back line for Sporting needs to be miles better. But I think against a team so shaky on the road and with Will Bruin not being as clinical as, you know, someone like a Spindola, um, I think maybe Igor can get away with, like, one or two mistakes. <laughs> That's why. That's why yeah. I'm saying we need a we need that big save from Kempen at least like once. But I I, I see I, I see Brad Davis probably sneaking one in. Now just to counter what Mike was saying a little bit when um, when DC got those chances in the second half, I think that's when Sporting was pushing up a lot. They were taking a few extra chances because they were trying to at least get a goal or two back. So that maybe opened up that counter even worse. To me, that that seven or eight minutes in the in the first half, they looked horrible. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of the rest of the game they look not great. Now, you know, I'm not gonna say they look like a great, the 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 great defense of, of the past couple of years, but those later ones, I think that's when they were pushing up. They were, they were taking some chances, getting guys upfield, and that was that's including the defense. They were, they were leaving a defender back, uh, instead of two, or three. Um, so I, I think that might account for some of that, Mike. Yeah, that's a valid point, but they still. I think if if Igor is playing, I think that the combo of Igor and Colin communicating is probably going to be important. Um, my one key to the game is Sporting needs to score in the first 30 minutes. I saw that Houston has been known for giving up goals in was it first what was it reading like the first 15 minutes. I think if they score, I think if Sporting scores in that first 30 minutes, Houston says, "Ah, oh, crap! Here we go again." And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that it's an easy win from there on out, but it's a mentality thing. You lost 10 on the road. Um, you give up that 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 goal in the first third of the game. I think it goes from there. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know what to think. I mean, it's Peter. You know, Peter and the whole team were pretty pissed after last week. They're gonna be. Out for blood. Houston's been awful on the road, but then at the same time, it's just like I never, <laughs> I never feel like comfortable with with the Dynamo and how quickly the back line got torn up last time. It, 
you know, I I could I could see it going either way. We could hold them for nothing, pretty solid, or you know, it could we might need a goal to win it at the end or something. Absolutely. Um, any last thoughts and predictions there, Mike? Well, I, I will try to calm nerves a little bit here. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just again, you know me and my uh, my love for stats here. Um, we haven't actually lost to the Dynamo. We, we haven't lost to the Dynamo in five straight games since since the loss in Houston in the 2012 playoffs. We're three zero and two against the Dynamo. We haven't lost to them at home since the 2011 playoff loss. <laughs> yeah, we're I was looking at that one. We're 2-0-3 at home since then. We haven't lost a league game at home to the Dynamo since 2009 when we were still the Wizards. We're 4-0-3 in league matches against the Dynamo at home since, 2000, uh, since 2009. So while Kinnear has had Vermees number in the past, I think we're to the point, at least at home and recently on the road, where, Verme, where Vermees has, has kind of learned – how to counter the way that uh, Kinnear plays and at least get out with with, uh, with the result and get wins at home. So, yes, Houston has was our bogey team for a while. Yes, they're our rival. But I think we're at the point with the way things have been going lately for us against the Dynamo that we should be able to win this game. And with the way uh, the way the Dynamo are playing playing right now on the road, we should step on their necks. Yeah, we we should. And if they're serious about winning the supporter shield, then they definitely have to win a game like this. No, it, the, those are great stats, Mike. Which is, you know, of course, why we you know, have you on here. Um, the my question would be: is, Do you think it's a change in that Burmese has learned how to counter Dom's counter to Sporting style, or do you think it's uh, maybe a little bit more deep than that? and that Houston has been aging and kind of losing their stars and not replacing them as well, uh, where sporting I, has continued to evolve and, and has replaced their stars. And, you know, we're, we're on the ascendancy, ascendancy at still where Houston's on, you know, three years ago. They were the obviously better team usually. I, I, th- I think that certainly can play, can play a role in it. I think uh, I think it's also the the experience factor of our of in the areas that are required. Um, all you gotta do is look at Houston this year with the loss of Boswell. Their their defense has kind of gone to gone to crap basically. In it on the opposite side of the coin, we have Colin and Beasler on on the field who have who have started over over a hundred games at center back together. So. I mean, it's it's the experience factor um, in the key positions that uh, that is kind of helping Kansas City get over that that hump against Houston. It's the it's there. It's it was at goalkeeper. That'll be an interesting aspect to see with with uh, Kemp and Engel instead of the likes of uh, of an experienced keeper like Nielsen. Um, midfield, you got. Uh, an experienced player, not always at this level in in Lawrence Olam, at least you have Failhaber, you have Zuzi, you have guys that have played a lot of games, not just for Kansas City, but in their playing careers on the field for us now, which 
is not completely the uh, the same for for the Dynamo in places like center back. Their their midfield is is extraordinarily experienced with uh, Davis and uh, uh, Garrido, the the Honduran they picked up, and Clark and Boniat Garcia. But it, it's the areas where you still need experience that they're struggling. Like I said, particularly center back. Agreed. All right. Um, we should probably be wrapping this up because we want to make sure this is short enough. People can listen to it while driving to the game. Hint, hint, everybody. The uh, predictions. Who's going to win? What's the score? Who's going to Who's going to get the goals? I'll go. I'll go. Um, Dom, Suni, and Benny. And then Brad Davis gets one. So I'm going, I'm going three to one sporting. I'll go Mike? three nil. I'll go three nil. Dom hat trick to get the single season scoring record. Oh, I like it. All right. Um, I'll go two one. Sporting. And yes, the the goal will probably come off of a uh, Brad Davis cross or a corner kick or some form of set piece and bounce off of Igor Julial into the goal. Oh, take him off, Igor. I, I love the guy. Really, I do. He's, I love to watch him come down that wing and his ability. I think he's just the, he's just going to be the, the whipping boy for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, any last words, guys? Is that it? Uh, that's it. Are you guys going out there tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be in the cauldron, hammered. <laughs> All right. Well, I will see you guys there. Uh, don't throw anything at me if I'm down there shooting, Cody. <laughs> okay. um, I'll try. All right. See you guys later. Uh, thanks for calling in and appreciate it. We'll talk to you right. soon, boys.